Welcome to the Australian Abortion Stories podcast, a place where we can listen to and receive the story medicine of women and people's lived experience of abortion. We're here to decrease stigma, increase empathy and understanding, and to create a better world for all people through these stories. I'm your host, Kelsey, and before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the Ghana and Gadigal people of the lands on which this podcast is hosted. I also extend that respect to the people of the lands on which you are listening from today, and any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person who is listening. It always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Welcome to this week's episode of Australian Abortion Stories. I'm Cassidy, your host for today. This week we chat to Corinne, who shares her story of accessing abortion during the East Coast floods in March this year at the height of her postnatal depression. Corinne shares how the floods, the housing crisis and her experience with postnatal depression impacted her. This is quite a big episode. I definitely regretted not having tissues on hand when I sat down to chat with Corinne. I'm very grateful she chose to share her story with us. Her resilience is truly inspiring. As with all episodes, please know that you can start and stop as you need. Take a pause. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, (laughs) we are recording. Hi. Hi. So today on the podcast, we have the lovely Corinne. Uh, she has a what I think will be a really potent story and a very important story. Um, before we jump into it, I just want to acknowledge that I am on unceded Gadigal land. Uh, I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. And Corinne, I believe you are on the Gold Coast, so you are... You can be. Wonderful. Okay. Did you want to start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, uh, where in Australia you live and what you do. Yeah. Um, So, Corinne, I am currently living on the Gold Coast and I'm studying my Master's in Psychology. And I'm focusing on perinatal mental health. So, yeah, this hits home for me very much. I have a little son, Woody, who is 16 months old. And we live together with my partner, Lloyd. So, yeah, that's my life at the moment. It's very different to what it was pre-mother. But, yeah, that's where I am. Wonderful. And where does your your story begin? So I think my story begins probably from my first pregnancy um, with Woody. That was my first first pregnancy and it was very planned and Mm. it came from a time where we had a lot of security we had our own home Um, we were renting at the time but we still had the security of where we were living we both were working Um, I was doing my bachelor's degree but we, we had a lot of financial stability and we were in a good place mentally as well and Woody was born and we were in the peak of COVID. Mm, That's hard. Yeah. And then the housing crisis (laughs) kind of started. And we had to move back up to the Gold Coast from South Australia, Adelaide. I didn't realise how emotional I was going to get. 
Take your time, take your time. Um, so we uh, moved back to Brisbane and backing with my partner's parents at the time because we, <laughs> yeah, we needed to be with our family in terms of having a house. Uh, and then we ended up, we ended up buying on the Gold Coast. We were very lucky. Uh, we were able to, yeah, find something. But we had to wait until uh, the tenant's lease was up. So that was May this year. Um, wow. Yeah, so we, we, were living, we were living with my partner's parents, with my son in the downstairs rumpus room. So a very small space. We were absolutely wow. grateful to be there, but it was very cramped, very small. Mm. Um, and then I found out I was pregnant when Woody was eight months old. Wow. Very unplanned this time. <laughs> uh, I wasn't working. Lloyd was subcontracting. Lloyd's my partner. He was subcontracting. So his work was all over the place. He didn't have something stable yet. And yeah. It was a very chaotic time for me. COVID and a newborn and moving, it, it all really happened at once, didn't it? Yeah, and finishing my bachelor's and starting my master's. So I just had so much going on at once. Um, and I think I think the, the biggest part of this story for me was the postpartum depression and anxiety that I was experiencing at the time. And it's almost like I was just starting to get better. Mm. And then I found out that I was pregnant again. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that I couldn't manage. How Thank you. <laughs> for listening to me no not a problem at all so you had your partner and eight months postpartum that is it sounds like a very big time to have an unplanned pregnancy my gosh oh, yep <laughs> Oh, gosh. I, I knew straight away I, I found that very quickly after missing my period and I just it's funny my first pregnancy it took it took a couple of months for the nausea to kick in but this was instant this time it's like my body just it had it knew the experience and it recognized it straight away I yeah very quickly was like I feel pregnant yeah and did you want to talk through your contraception at the time? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been fertility tracking for a long time. Yeah. And that's been working for me. Um, I think, though, while I was having a regular period after my postpartum, that came back pretty quickly for me. I think I was about six weeks postpartum. Wow. Um, we were, yeah. Very <laughs> <Yay>. quick. <laughs> very quick whoa your body was like that was fun I want to do it again <laughs> Gosh. um yeah but I think because we were under so much stress at the time 
I think my ovulation was just off that month. So, yeah. Yeah. My, that's, my tracking wasn't correct that month. And that's definitely worth noting, you know, the fertility awareness method and any method of tracking. Yeah. It, it is impacted by stress and sickness and uh, our cycles change. Definitely. Um, and you were, <laughs> I remember March this year, uh, just watching what was going on from, you know, the Northern Rivers and the Gold Coast in Brisbane. And it was such a strange time just sitting safely in Sydney yeah. and watching it all unfold. So to have all of that happen at that time is, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's the other thing with the floods. It was... I found out I was pregnant just before the floods really got super serious. The weather was chaotic already, as in it had been raining for a while, but it wasn't until I had my appointment booked that it started getting more severe. So there was so much uncertainty happening in life around me. It felt very scary to think about bringing in another, another life into the current, yeah. Mm. And did the floods impact your ability to access the, were you, did you choose to go through a clinic or did you want to talk us through how you accessed? Yep. So I went through Marie Stopes. Um, they were great. They had two clinics in the Brisbane area. One was more of a clinic for medical abortions and IUD insertions and then the other clinic was for surgical abortions so mm -hmm. they had an anesthetist and yeah it was a bit more it was it was a bigger clinic um at the time the borders were still a little bit all over the place so I couldn't access anything on the New South Wales side there was one in Tweed wow um, but yeah. I didn't yeah I didn't want to book there that was closer to me but I didn't want to book there and get to the appointment and then not be able to go Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I had to make an appointment for one of the Brisbane clinics. Um, I called them pretty much it was probably the day after I found, found out that I was pregnant. So I was five weeks at the time and I couldn't get an appointment for three weeks. They couldn't see me for three weeks. So no, not then. No. So that was just their waiting list. And due to that, I was therefore no longer eligible for a medical abortion. Wow. Eight, eight week cutoff. So because I would have been in the eight week period, mm. sometimes medical abortions are not effective or they don't work properly. Mm. Um, so once you hit that eight week mark, they recommend a surgical abortion, which is, you know, going under and having the contents, yeah, suctioned out. So definitely impacted what I would have chosen. You know, that meant spending time in a clinic and my partner having to take a day off work so that he could look after Woody. Um, a lot more expensive. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a three-week wait for the original appointment and every day was a countdown. It, I felt very sick the entire time and I I felt unwell as in my first pregnancy I felt sick but 
I knew why I was sick and it was pain without the suffering. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But this time I just felt ill. I felt, yeah, I just didn't feel well. Yeah. Um, so when I got to the night before, everything was, you know, still going as planned. But I got to the night before and I got a text message saying that my appointment had been cancelled and someone would be phoning me the next day to reschedule. So it was cancelled because of the floods. Oh, my gosh, no. So, yeah, there was no access to a few of the streets around the clinic. So the clinic was closed. Um, and then when they called me the day after, they couldn't get me in for another two and a half weeks. And that was provided that the flood had settled oh my gosh whoa whoa oh I cannot even I cannot yeah it was five and a half week total weight wow wow and through that time it was just that feeling of being ill did you how what was your support network like at that time um Everybody around me was very supportive. There was no push or pull to any direction of decision that I would make. Everyone made it very clear that it was, I had to listen to what my body was telling me was right. Beautiful, wonderful. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a lot of support. And through this experience and talking to other women around me in my life, I heard their stories and so many people I know have had an abortion so many and of course it's not something that you just bring up over <laughs> dinner <laughs> oh you so, too <laughs> yeah me as well <laughs> so I didn't know this and so you know I was in the same position and opening up to other women around me and then them saying things like you know what I've had one as well um and I think that made me feel less guilt about being in a position where I had fallen pregnant without planning to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, it made me feel like, you know, it happens. It happens. Indeed it does. And prior to falling pregnant, have you had you ever thought about abortion before? Had, was it something that you had any set feelings or beliefs about? Um, I've always believed that it should be accessible. I've had a couple of close friends that I knew prior to being in the situation myself that had gone through, gone through the same situation. Um, and I've, yeah, it's necessary healthcare. I've always believed that. Yes. Yeah. And how was the uh actual abortion for you so you couldn't access a medical abortion and that only left you with the option to go down the road to have a surgical yeah um, and what was that experience like after the wait time and then another two weeks on top of it can you talk us through your experience actually getting to the clinic um the experience was, yeah, it was, it was a pleasant experience, as in I felt very welcomed in the clinic. I felt 
very respected. Um, they were very clear and yeah, kind when they explained the procedure. It was, they made sure that I really understood what was gonna happen. It was very straightforward. I was in there for about four hours. So I saw a nurse first and she got, you know, basic medical information, background information. And then I saw the doctor who did an ultrasound and then the anaesthetist who went through the procedure of, yeah, being put to sleep. Um, I also had an IUD inserted at the same time. Okay, yeah. A copper IUD. Um, I think I, I knew that I didn't want any form of hormonal contraception. I've been on and off that since I was 14 years of age. And yeah, I felt like I needed something that didn't pump synthetic hormones into my body. So I went with the copper IUD because I wanted to reduce that risk of falling pregnant again. Obviously, I'm very fertile, <laughs> especially after having a baby. And yeah, I just thought it made sense to do two procedures at the same time. So yeah, I went in, I had the procedure. I woke up in their waiting clinic. I don't know what it's called, post-operative clinic, um, the waiting room. And I broke down in tears. There was one was there that I really connected with that day mm. um, she held my hand and I told her that I wasn't crying because I was sad that I was crying because this huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders and I've never felt so much relief Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, mm. I felt like I was going to survive. Mm. And um, she said, <clears throat> you know what? Most women who come in here feel that way. And that was like permission that I needed to hear to not feel guilt, to not feel shame and to feel confident in that this was the right decision for me. Yeah. I'm so glad she said that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, my partner picked me up and he took me out for KFC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, to be honest, I can't really remember much about the day after. I... I had a heavy period or I was spotting for some time. Um, it's strange to think back at 
to that time. It was so, it was so recent, but it feels so long ago. It was only back in March and yeah, it's, maybe it's, that's my, my body's way of coping to not remember every little detail, but mm, yeah. 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 I just remember not waking up and no longer feeling sick. Yeah. Yeah. And can you talk us through your recovery? Do you remember much about your recovery afterwards or what that was like? I don't remember too much, to be honest. I remember I, I had on and off light bleeding for some time, um, maybe a week or two. And I think the main thing I remember about recovery was my IUD. I had the next period that I had after having the procedure was very intense. And I think it took about three cycles for the cramping and the very, very heavy bleeding to start to go back to my normal period. And that's actually quite quick considering that I had an IUD inserted a lot of women experience. Yeah severe cramping and pain for a long time so yeah I think that's what I remember the most just how heavy my cycles were for a bit and that was like a constant reminder of having an IUD put in and yeah yeah and the procedure but apart from that I think I healed quite quite well I didn't have any contractions or cramping off straight after the procedure I don't remember feeling too tired or unwell I just I felt better yeah yeah and how do you feel now that some time has passed so this was about seven months ago now What's what's been your process and has anything come up for you? Anything unexpected? Um, I think I'm very much at peace with the whole procedure and the decision to get there. I mean, I know it still makes me emotional to talk about it, but that's not coming from a place of wishing things were different. That's just coming from a place of, you know, yeah, processing and it was obviously still a traumatic experience. Nobody wants to, you know, go through that. I think society holds you with the standard of <sighs> the first step is that, you know, you've failed, you've fallen pregnant and it wasn't planned. So you've, mm. that's yeah. And then the second step is there's this unwanted baby and yeah. So I think, I think I've had to really let that go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that way. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to think about because right, not long after I had the procedure, then we had everything happening in the U S. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, just smack in the face and I know that I was in my own bubble where I was like nope this is what I believe this is how I feel it was still really confronting absolutely so many people in this world think differently 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is, yeah. It's an incredibly yeah. confronting thing to experience. And I think that what happened in the US, I remember somebody saying to me, like, oh, it's in the US and we should just be grateful that in Australia we have access to these things. And I was like, that's definitely not the right thing to say. And we should throw that in the bin before you're let out into the world to <laughs> continue with that. Uh, yeah, so I can definitely feel you there and empathise with that. Yeah, I think I, I've just had um, these past months to recover from my first pregnancy. It's it's like I was able to go back to getting better from that first postpartum experience. Um, and as Woody's gotten older, things have gotten easier in terms of everything, really, being able to get out of the house, being able to communicate with him, being able to yeah find myself a little bit more who I was before he was a newborn baby yeah everything's getting better so yeah it's takes a toll on you having children (laughs) huge huge commitment and yeah huge commitment and I don't believe anybody should be forced into that I also, I also think I've really acknowledged the privilege that I had to be able to have the procedure. I did have support. I did have the financial means to be able to have the procedure. Um, yeah, I was in a place where it was accessible to me and it's still not accessible to many, many people. I've also thought about the other women that were there in the clinic at the same time as me. Um, You know, I think you get this image from, again, society thinking that it's, you know, I don't know, there's there's a bias about the types of women who access abortions. But when I was there, it was women like me, women in relationships, in committed relationships that just had other children or were in older phases of their life and just couldn't think about bringing in another child. It was, it was women like me. There definitely is that, that belief or stigma about, yeah, who accesses abortion and it is a surprise sometimes, you know, that unconscious kind of bias. We walk in and we realise that there's people of all ages in all different situations and no two people in a clinic at any time are the same and are having a similar experience. It's it's so unbelievably unique. Um yeah, I think through sharing these stories, we we find snippets of ourselves in other people's stories. Yeah. But a, a pretty beautiful thing to hold on to the fact that, like, your story is your own. And, yeah, and I, thank you for speaking to that because if that's one stigma we can smash on top of all the rest, then who accesses abortion should be, yeah, that needs a little bit of a shake-up, definitely. Yeah does and how are you feeling now now that 
this time has passed and there's been that space to process and you're also studying something you're you're yeah everything ties in here I'm studying psychology um I'm doing my master's at the moment which is very content heavy lots it's yeah stressful in itself that's another reason why I knew that I wasn't in the phase of my life to bring in another child it was already too much um but yeah majoring in perinatal mental health so when I went through the postpartum experience myself I very quickly and easily identified what I was going through I knew I had postpartum depression I knew I had postpartum anxiety I knew I didn't need psychological help because I understood what I was going through already I knew I just needed extra support so I did see a counsellor at the time um and I was seeing her through the process of having an abortion as well so I you know I feel like I really understood where I was at the time um but yeah I think now I just feel feel more like me yeah yeah I feel like finding my feet not just a mum anymore yeah (laughs) well I'm good I am feeling good I'm feeling yeah like I said before I feel at peace and if we could start to wrap it up a little bit there Mm -hmm. um what do you feel the main takeaways of these experiences have been for you probably greater empathy I mean I feel like that was already quite high for me already but greater empathy for just other mums and what 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 we go through just how hard postpartum is um and how much support is required and you know I've got other people around me who are very much like well I didn't get all that support when I was you know younger and had children yeah the other the other generation yeah me from behind but yeah I'm it makes me feel good to know that I will be able to be there for other women yeah yeah my gosh most definitely yeah yeah, it's reasons that I, I'm heading in the right path for my career. Yes, absolutely. My gosh, the things that you have experienced, you will be an unmatched, <laughs> unmatched in your field. Thank you. I have absolutely no doubt. Uh, and if, is there anything that you would want somebody who has found themselves in a similar situation to yourself to know? Is there anything that you would like to share with them or just people accessing abortion in general? I heard from a couple of people who have had abortions, only a couple, it wasn't the majority, but I heard from a couple of them that it was a decision that they have to live with for the rest of their lives. And that's a decision that they think about still. Um, and I just want to say that 
that's not always true. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for yeah. speaking to that as well. Yeah. Oh, all right, is there anything that you wanted to add? Anything? Listening <laughs> and giving me the opportunity to share. Um, yeah, I think this has been a huge step in my own yeah process. Mm -hmm. I've about it before, and I've been quite open with it, but hopefully this reaches more people that need it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was thinking to myself, like, I was like, where are the tissues? Why have I got no tissues? I was like, looking at my desk thinking, this is the worst idea was to set up the desk for today and not put tissues down. <laughs> I'm muted in the background, but I was like, oh, my gosh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, but thank you so much for sharing with me and, yeah, for everybody that will be listening today I really appreciate your vulnerability and for sharing that time of your life and that that story and I yeah March was a was a time and even during the floods and all of these things there there's still people trying to access healthcare and abortion is that part of healthcare absolutely it was a it was a big time and it can stay in the past <laughs> no more <laughs> yep yep we're moving forward well thank you so much Corinne and whew, you might leave it there okay <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of Australian abortion stories it is my hope and prayer for this podcast that the generous sharing of this story and all abortion stories may create positive ripples in our world to help reduce abortion stigma, increase understanding and empathy of people and women who have had abortions and ultimately lead to a better world for humankind. If listening to this story has brought anything up for you, I encourage you to reach out to your support networks and take care of yourself. Go for a walk, sit in the sun, have a cup of tea, whatever you need to do. Um, go do it and i'll also provide some links in the show notes of phone lines and services you can access if you need if you got something out of this episode please share it to your socials or share it with somebody you think may benefit from the story or leave us a review on itunes or spotify you can also help contribute to ongoing podcast costs aka zoom's empire by using the buy me a coffee link in the show notes or in our instagram page if you're interested in sharing your own abortion story on the podcast, you can submit an expression of interest form via the link in our show notes or on our Instagram. And lastly, but not leastly, <laughs> um, we'll see you in another week or fortnight's time with another episode. So until then, take care of yourself and take care of each other.